Logic Lecture Notes Arguments One reason that you should study philosophy, even if you don't care about philosophy and your career will have nothing to do with philosophy, is that philosophy classes teach you to reason better and think more logically. Each module in this class will contain a short lesson on logic in addition to a lesson on a historical figure or topic in the history of Western philosophy. In this logic lesson, we'll simply focus on understanding a key element in philosophical writing, as well as the main topic of logic, arguments. Of course, in everyday language, an argument often refers to a fight. Clearly, that's not the kind of argument we're talking about in the context of philosophy. Rather, in the context of this class, an argument is a group of claims on which one claim, the conclusion, is logically supported by the other claim or claims, the premise or premises. Thus, arguments have two parts, the premise and the conclusion. The premise of an argument is offered in support of the conclusion. Premises are the reasons you should agree with the argument. The conclusion is what you should agree with because of the premise. Let's look at a really simple example. You bought my older sister a car when she graduated high school, and it's not fair to give one kid something and not give it to others as well. So you should buy me a car too when I graduate next month. Think about these sentences for a few seconds. What's the conclusion here? And what are the premises? The conclusion is clearly, you should buy me a car too. The premises are something like, Fairness requires you to not favor one kid over the other when it comes to gifts, and my older sister got a gar car when she graduated. In philosophy, we often formalize arguments by listing the premises and conclusion with numbers or bullet points. This just helps to make it super clear what the premises or premises are and what the conclusion is. So for example, we could write, for this argument, one, fairness requires that parents not favor one child over the other when it comes to giving gifts. Two, my parents bought my older sister a car when she graduated. Therefore, my parents should buy me a car when I graduate also. In the case above, one and two are the premises and therefore signifies the conclusion. Not every argument works like this, but generally it's a smart idea to keep your eyes peeled for words that indicate premises or conclusions. The following chart summarizes some of the words to look for. Premise indicators, since, because, for, as, given that, seeing that, for the reason that, is shown by the fact that. Conclusion indicators, therefore, so, hence, thus, implies that, consequently, it follows that, we may conclude that. Now that you're familiar with the idea of an argument, you might be tempted to think that any set of statements counts as an argument. However, be careful. Not every statement or set of statements is an argument. This can be extra confusing because sometimes there are non-arguments that includes words like since. In order to tell whether something is an argument, ask yourself if there is a claim that someone is trying to show to be true by basing it on another claim or claims. Look at the following example. Which is an argument? Hint, 
only one is an argument. One, I have been wrangling cattle since before you were old enough to tie your own shoes. Two, Albert is angry with me, so he probably won't be willing to help me wash the dishes. Three, first I washed the dishes and then I dried them. Only number two was an argument. Albert is angry with me, so he probably won't be willing to help me wash the dishes. Number one, I have been wrangling cattle since before you were old enough to tie your own shoes, uses since, but in this context, since is not indicating a premise because before you were old enough to tie your own shoes doesn't give us a reason to think that I have been wrangling cattle is true. Number three, first I washed the dishes and then I dried them, just describes a series of events. Also, notice that all of the above examples were just one sentence. Although many arguments involve multiple sentences or even multiple paragraphs, it's also possible to have a one sentence argument since one sentence can express multiple different claims, one of which gives us reason to think that the other is true. Before moving on, let's look at just one more example. You should take a philosophy class because it will help you to become better at thinking and reasoning. Take a bit to analyze this. What is the conclusion and what is the premise? I'll read it again. You should take a philosophy class because it will help you to become better at thinking and reasoning. The premises are one, philosophy helps you become better at thinking and reasoning. Two, an implied premise, you should take classes that help you become better at thinking and reasoning. Conclusion, therefore, you should take a philosophy class. You might be confused about why I included an implied premise. One tricky thing with arguments is that we often don't state all of the premises explicitly. Normally, this is not a problem. Our minds are very good at filling in the gaps. You were able to understand that one sentence argument perfectly well without the implicit premise being stated explicitly. However, sometimes an argument is relying on an implicit premise that's actually quite controversial or clearly false. That's another reason why in philosophy, we often try to clearly and explicitly state all of the premises in an argument since having them out all in the open helps us to evaluate whether the argument is a good one. The final thing to note in this introduction to arguments is a distinction among types of arguments, deductive arguments and inductive arguments. Deductive arguments are what we'll be studying in the next few modules. Deductive arguments are the main topic of logic and they're what we would emphasize if this was a class all about logic. Deductive arguments aim for total certainty. A good deductive argument is one in which the truth of the premises logically guarantees the truth of the conclusion. We'll talk more about what this means in an upcoming module in the lesson on validity and soundness. Here's a classic example of a deductive argument. If it's sunny in Singapore, then Simone won't be carrying an umbrella. It is sunny in Singapore. So Simone won't be carrying an umbrella. If the two premises in this argument are true, it's logically necessary that the conclusion be true. There is no way for the premises to be true and the conclusion to be false. On the other hand, inductive arguments give evidence for a conclusion that gives you reason to think the conclusion might be true, although they do not guarantee its truth. For example, every time I've walked by that dog, 
it has not tried to bite me. So the next time I walk by that dog, it will not try to bite me. Now, this is a decent argument. If your neighbor's dog has always been friendly towards you, it would be very reasonable to believe that your neighbor's dog will continue to be friendly toward you in the future. However, the fact that your neighbor's dog has always been friendly in the past doesn't logically guarantee that your neighbor's dog will be friendly in the future. It's logically possible for something to happen that will cause your neighbor's dog to be aggressive towards you in the future. Thus, although inductive arguments are extremely important, we use them all the time, all scientific reasoning is inductive, inductive arguments aren't as logically airtight or certain as deductive arguments.